Hello there, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. I'm excited that you've taken time out of your day to download the podcast and listen to it. I certainly hope that you will enjoy it. It will be edifying for you, that it will help you understand the Bible a little bit better, and that as we walk through life, a daily Bible study and reading is, is really required and to order to grow closer to Christ. If you enjoy us, please like us and share us uh, with your friends and your family, and make sure you click that like button on your podcast app, however you listen to us. And you can follow us as well, and you'll get an alert each time that we release a podcast. We have listeners all over the world. We do get occasional questions that come in and, and prayer requests. We average uh, 60 to 70 hits a week on our webpage. And if you're a prayer warrior, I would encourage you to go to the webpage and pray for those people who have made requests. Also, we answer questions from listeners. In some podcasts, we have dedicated uh, the 20 to 30 minute podcast completely just answering questions, uh, more than one. And there's been a few podcasts where I answered just basically one question and took the entire podcast to answer it. And so I would encourage you to go back and listen to some of the older podcasts if you have not done so. That might help you. Our podcast is is completely supported by individuals and listeners just like you. We do not get any big funds from mega churches or anything like that. So if you would please pray that we can continue to to have the resources to, to put this out on a weekly basis, we would appreciate your prayers as well. We also pray that uh, for those who are persecuted each and every day, that around the world, that Christ would help you and comfort you and give you the courage that you need and and, and protect you. Uh, it's so hard to pray for the, the persecuted church when we're not actually facing a gunpoint uh, to, to convert to uh, another religion and forsake our Christianity. Uh, there is a soft persecution going on in, in the Western world, uh, but nothing that is really uh, as blatant or blunt uh, as many places in the Middle East and in Europe even. I'm hearing reports. So anyway, also uh, the uh, our webpage, biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase there. You can follow us. Uh, through our LinkedIn page, as well as Twitter. And we have a few followers that do do that, uh, more on LinkedIn than we do on Twitter. Uh, Facebook is not being real friendly to us. And every time we try to set something up, they close it out. And so we're not sure why, and we never get an answer. So anyway, today we're going to talk about uh, Peter, the Apostle Peter, and his description of a Christian. And I certainly hope that if you have a Bible, that you would open it and follow it and read it with me. Uh, generally speaking, I use uh, the New American Standard Update. Occasionally, I do use the, the English version for the deaf. Uh, I do visit with deaf people from time to time, even in, in our little community here, uh, our area, our neighborhood. There are some deaf people that I try to talk with and visit with. And so, open your Bible. And, and follow along, I, I would encourage you to do that. And anybody who tells you that you cannot find what they're talking about in the Bible, I would run fast. Uh, everything that we talk about here at Biblical Question comes from the Bible. 
So this term Christian, without a doubt, is the most popular term used uh, to, to describe someone who claims uh, to be a follower of Christ. It's a term saying that a person has this allegiance to Christ. It says that we are followers of Christ. It says a person wants to be like Christ. It is a term, though, that is really used in a way that is very loosely uh, in the Western world. And I have lost count uh, how many times in a, in a conversation somewhere along the way that a person in, in this conversation, they will try to convince me that uh, families and friends, uh, they're all uh, Christian. Well, they may or may not be, because obviously I've never, I haven't met them, I've not talked to them, I, I know nothing about it. But I'm not always really convinced that everyone who has told me face-to-face -face that they are a Christian, uh, that they really are. I, I struggle with that, and you're going to say, oh, you're not supposed to judge. Well, Jesus says in, in John chapter 8, judge righteously. And when I look at your, your lifestyle, um, your, the profanity, uh, the cursing that you do, cheating, uh, I mean, the list could go on and on. Yes, we all sin, but there doesn't seem to be any remorse or repentance or wanting to learn and change that lifestyle to a, a lifestyle that would uh, Christ would be more proud of. When people look at you, I know at work, uh, many times I've heard people say, how come we never hear you swear? Well, uh, there are several reasons I don't swear. One is, I believe that's what a Christian should do. And two, it just shows that you have a lack of uh, vocabulary, let's say. Not saying that we, uh, we haven't ever all used profanity, because we probably have, but it's not the daily language. Uh, not living with somebody, you know, I'm actually married to somebody. I, I had a person ask me one time, young kids that we were teaching in, in, in school one time, if we were really married, if my wife and I were really married, and I asked, why are you asking me that? That's a strange question. And they said, well, you never fight. You get along. Uh, you seem to be in love. And, and so uh, people, they do watch you. And if you look like the world, I always say that the world uh, is like uh, sugar. It's, it's really sweet and it's a lot of fun and that's why people go to it. But as Christians, we're supposed to be uh, the salt of the earth. And, and salt does lots of things. It makes you thirsty. And we should be making people thirsty uh, for the Christ and his life that he can offer them. The forgiveness they need. The eternal life that we all want to have. We all want to go to heaven. Everybody believes everybody goes to heaven. Well, the Bible doesn't teach that either. And so we need to be careful. I understand when somebody says, well... Uh, you don't know what's in the heart. What Jesus says, you can look at that person, that tree, and you can see what fruit is being uh, produced. Is it good fruit? Is it, does it really look and smell Christian? Uh, does the grace of God show up on that? Is, is the blood of Christ really working? Is the Holy Spirit in their lives? And, and I know we have some people, a lot of been around, they're really scared to talk about the Holy Spirit. Well, if the Holy Spirit is not working today in His church, Folks, we're all in trouble. And so, just because someone's making this claim and they're trying maybe too hard, that's always kind of a yellow light for me, a caution light. 
they're presenting this great defense and this case that they're Christian. Well, that doesn't mean that you are. You know, my Bible again tells me very clearly how to identify who is a Christian and who is not a Christian. And and I've already referred to it. It's Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 16 and 17, and in Matthew 15, 18. You know, Jesus will say, uh, what, what comes out of your mouth, really, well, that's what's in your heart. And, it, and if you're talking profanity, or you're constantly spreading gossip, um, hate speech, whatever, uh, that's really what's in your heart. I, I, true, I can't see in your heart. Nobody can see in your heart. But when you open your mouth, that's, that does reveal your heart. Uh, again, Matthew chapter 7, in the Sermon on the Mount, 16 and 17, the two verses, um, is another example of, of Jesus saying, you can look, you can see a Christian. You know, this idea that we're supposed to be the light of the world. Well, uh, the light, you don't hide it. Uh, you let it shine before men. So having said all this, uh, are you aware that the word is only used three times in the New Testament, this word Christian. One place that you can find it is in Acts chapter 11, verse 26, and that would be the first place, uh, first time that people are called Christian, and that would mean in, in Antioch. So if it's not clear if this term was used as a slam uh, to the people in Antioch, but somewhere along the way, and I think it probably was, to a degree anyway, but somewhere along the way, people, disciples of Christ, followers of Christ, they adopted the term Christian. Fine, it's what you want to label me. Um, yeah, I, I want, I'm trying to be Christ-like. And the second place here, follow me over to Acts chapter 26, the second place that we find this term or wording of Christian uh, is used by the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 26, verse 28. And Paul, at this point, has gone through his personal conversion story, and he's been preaching the gospel story uh, to King Agrippa. And, and this is here King Agrippa's short response, but it is a response, a reply. Agrippa replied to Paul, in a short time, in this short conversation, in other words, in this short time, you will persuade me to become a Christian. So, it was not really a Christian who used the term Christian in this, in this conversation. The only place in the New Testament where it is clearly used uh, from a Christian viewpoint is the Apostle Peter. And when Turn over to, to Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4, and we're going to read some verses here. And, he, and this is the apostle writing, verse 16. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. So that term could, it, you know, if you kind of look this verse over, that the term Christian was used uh, as a derogatory statement. But Peter turns it around and says, hey, be proud to be a Christian. Uh, Peter is saying uh, a Christian, that term means someone who's going to suffer. Ain't that interesting? You know, in our society, in the Western world, 
especially. We had this wealth and prosperity type gospel. Uh, if you're doing right, God's blessing you, you're walking in the light and blah, blah, blah. Um, you're going to have riches and fancy cars, and, uh, no bills. Well, somebody forgot to tell the apostles, especially, you know, uh, Peter, who was obviously persecuted for being a Christian. Tradition says he was uh, crucified upside down uh, in the Fox Book of Martyrs. Uh, somebody forgot to tell the Apostle Paul when he's happening to work uh, as a tent maker to make ends meet that uh, he would never suffer while he was in jail and, and write several epistles. But Peter will talk about this term suffering throughout his epistle here. And he will connect our suffering uh, to the Christ. And yes, we do I suffer somewhat in the Western world. Uh, these terms are used. Uh, homophobic. That means you're, you know, boy, you're a Christian and you're home. No, I, I'm not afraid of, of people who practice homosexuals. I just don't agree with the lifestyle because the Bible warns against that lifestyle. But, can, let's continue here. Let's back up here at verses 12 and 13. It's First Peter 4. Starting in verse 12 says, My friends, don't be surprised at the painful things that you are now suffering, which are testing your faith. Don't think that someone or something strange is happening to you. That you should be happy that you are sharing in Christ's sufferings. Uh, you will be happy and full of joy when Christ shows his glory. So, you know, again, if a Christian is to be like Christ, then a Christian must suffer like Christ. Again, I mean, look at verse 12 closely. Don't be surprised. In other words, suffering just, it's going to come your way as a Christian. Your attitude should be as if you've been waiting for it all along. You just knew it was going to happen. Many people in the Western world, we have experienced our freedoms of religion under the laws that, that protect us. Well, those laws are being attacked. They're, they're being whittled away from, and they're going around the long way around the barn trying to get uh, those rights taken away. But really, we, we moan and we cry about how this pity party when we are persecuted, and we blame God. I listen uh, to time to time to other podcasts and, and Christian radio, and a man with with the same person, he has his first name is Joe. I'll just say that, and he's spitting out these words again on his television. A lot of followers, a lot of listeners to him. How this meant you were suffering again is because you had sin in your life. Well, look at Job, poor Job. Uh, his friends accused him. That's why he was suffering and God was punishing him. And Job kept saying, no, I, I haven't sinned. I haven't done anything wrong. And so that, that's an old teaching or philosophy or belief that really doesn't really hold a lot of water uh, with the Bible. If that's the case, uh, again, the apostles need to ask God for, you know, hey, you put us through this for what? What purpose? So we got to be careful here uh, to saying that suffering means or sin in your life. 
sometimes this life happens. Uh, maybe uh, this guy also, he goes on to say, well, if you really want to find out the answers to all this and you don't want to suffer anymore, just buy his book. Well, uh, that's how he has money and he's living a, a life of a life of luxury, really, if you follow some of these evangelists around. So, okay, so listeners, these are the types of statements that are false. And, and if it's not true, that means it did not come from heaven. It did not come from Christ's uh, throne room, which means it had to come out of the pits of hell. Let's just plainly just say it. And if any of the words are true, again, the question is, why did the apostles suffer? Why did Jesus suffer? Uh, why so many people under Rome suffered and, and were martyred? Why were there, uh, why, again, why, why, why? And there's no answers to those when you ask people who teach that. The fact is, the matter is, if we're truly Christian, we're going to suffer in some way or another. I know years ago I got in trouble for reading a Bible at work uh, on break, an unpaid break, and they really got kind of rough about it. Uh, and so... I kept reading it, but I also pointed out I had a right to read it. So, listen to Paul here again in Acts chapter 14 as he returns to these really young infant-type congregations uh, in the day when the church was really just starting out. Acts chapter 14, verse 22. Strengthen the souls of the disciples, the followers, is what he's saying. Encourage them to continue in their faith and saying... Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Again, here's the Apostle Paul uh, writing the church in Thessalonica. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. So that no one would be disturbed by these afflictions, for you yourselves know we have been detained for this. Okay, Second Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 12. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So, don't be surprised. We do have listeners that live in countries where uh, it is, it's very rough to be a Christian. I'll just word it that way. And we pray every day for those listeners that things are well for them as possible. But you have to understand, too, uh, the saints, I use that word, uh, the saints, or you could substitute Christians, of the first century were very aware of this warning and suffering. They knew what was going to happen. They knew that. And yet they still chose to be followers of Christ. Boy, that doesn't speak volumes about uh, being a Christian and did they really truly believe uh, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Uh, boy, I don't know what it is. Who would want to, to die or suffer for a lie? Okay, so there are many people out in the world who want to, to insult you and, and hurt you just simply because of your faith in Christ. I know within the borders of the United States, you cannot be jailed or executed for your faith in Christ. But there, again, I've said it several times already, there are places in this world today uh, that you could find your head on a platter for even carrying a Bible or looking for one. So if you think the world is a friendly place for Christians, it's not. You're wrong. And people who, who live in these countries where it is life-threatening even own a Bible, 
they are they're they're willing to place their lives in jeopardy for Christ. They're willing to do that. They have a faith deep inside their heart and deep inside their soul that everyone who claims to be Christian should desire. No, I'm not wishing and I'm not hoping and I'm not praying for persecution on this level for anyone. But we need to be aware that it does help happen. I can tell you about a true Christian family. They get up on Sunday morning before the sun comes up. And they head to worship services and they walk in the dark, not knowing if there's any dangers on the path. And I really have met these people when I was in the Philippines. Uh, they, they take subways and then they, they walk again to the meeting place. Just to be in church all day. And then they start heading home as the sun is beginning to set. They bring everyone in the family, mom and dad. They all take turns carrying the youngest child. Again, the point I'm trying to make is that we, in the United States, we live in a nation where the term uh, freedom of religion is used and practiced. So why are we afraid to show the world our Christian values, morals, and a display of true worship? Why do we find it difficult to drive 18 minutes across town to a two-hour study and worship in a church building? When we have brothers and sisters all across the globe who do suffer, not only just taking these verbal uh, insults like Bible thumper, but some of these people actually take physical ones. And they're knowing they're going to suffer in some way or another. Maybe they will lose everything they own. And, and they have no means to provide a basic meal and shelter for their family the next day. Yet they continually display their true identity of being a true Christian. Again, I know we don't see that scale of persecution uh, in North America. But it, it is coming, I, I fear. And I know on our on our Twitter page and our LinkedIn page, we post a lot of articles about the persecution of the Christians around the world. You know, I I actually had a member of a congregation years ago uh, tell me, wouldn't it be great and suffering, but I can't be here. Uh, the football games aren't. I, I, that's suffering if I miss the football game. Well, church, that's not really suffering. That's just a choice. That's a decision. And it, you might want to call it a sacrifice, but I don't know. I don't. It, it's just sad. Sad because this person really does not know what Peter means by the suffering in Christ. He's never lived outside of his, his little world. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 8 says, Jesus was the Son of God, but yet he suffered and through his sufferings, he learned to obey whatever God says. We are, we are like Christ, in which, as Christ learned through his suffering, we too learn through our suffering. Jesus has those people who just despised him. They hated him. They threw insults at him, both mental attacks as well as physical attacks. And we say we want to be like Jesus. Do you really want to be like Jesus? You see, you cannot get there any other way than to go through the sufferings too. 
The text says this is how Jesus learned to obey God and whatever God said. If we want to learn to be more Christ-like, then there are sufferings that we will have to go through. Plain and simple. Just as it took a suffering for Jesus to save people, to save me, to save you. Again, back to Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. The apostle writes, And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. You know, I'm wondering here, how many people are in the Christian uh, faith today because someone endure, uh, they endured on you, uh, they, they continually uh, talk to you about Christ. Some people put up uh, with your, your hesitant, they, they fight against the truth and the insult. The fact is, I know one person who's a Christian today because someone hung out with that person. They talked to him continually. So someone suffering brought one person to the truth of the gospel. They gave up a lot to be with this person and tried to encourage this person uh, to to become a Christian, to let the Holy Spirit uh, come into their lives. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do my share on the behalf of his body. In other words, the church. That's what he says here, which is the church. In filling up, what is lacking in Christ afflictions. Now, most of us listening today might think, well, this all sounds so sad, and I'm not about sad. And that's, I understand. I don't like it when people say bad things about me. Even if they are not true, uh, maybe they are true. I don't like it. And there's no reward in, in these insults. After all, no one does anything unless there is a benefit or pay involved. And after all, who wants to waste their time to be a Christian? There's no reward in it. Well, yes, there is, folks. Uh, the reward is eternal life. Let's continue here at 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. And this was from the Death Bible here. But you should be happy that you're sharing in Christ's suffering. You will be happy and, and full of joy when Christ shows his glory. When people say bad things to you because you follow Christ, consider it a blessing. When that happens, it shows that God's Spirit, the Spirit of glory, is with you. You may suffer, but don't let it be because you murder, steal, make trouble, or you try to control other people's lives. But if you suffer because you are a Christ follower, don't be ashamed. You should praise God for that name. You see, again, the Apostle Peter is telling us something that might really be surprising to some of us. Peter says, be happy. Be happy that you're sharing in the sufferings of Christ. When people say and do things against you because of your beliefs and your faithfulness in Christ, Peter calls this, in verse 14, a blessing. Peter tells the, the original people whom he wrote this letter to, why these things are happening? Well, it shows that God's Spirit, the glory of God, is within you. Notice here, though, Peter does not, and I'm stressing not, 
including suffering for the sin that you're committing. If you're suffering because you're committing sins, uh, Peter says, no, that's, that's not the suffering that we're talking about here. And so, verse 17, For it is a time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man in the sinner? Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Again, the Apostle Peter is writing to people uh, who've already been baptized, they've received the Holy Spirit, and they're, they're living the lifestyle, they believe who Jesus really is. And for those who wish to be a true Christian, they must follow the pattern that is revealed to us today in the New Testament. The pattern of, of hearing the gospel and believing it, knowing who Jesus is, living a faithful life to what Christ has said we should live by. And so, I hope and I pray for those who are persecuted every day. My, my family, we do. Every day, we pray for the persecuted church. And that somehow that God will help you and encourage you in, in whatever struggles that you're going through. We all need to understand we will suffer for our faith if we were really living a true Christian life. When we speak out against sinful lifestyles and activities, we're going to get noticed. And I certainly hope that if you're not a Christian, that you're really seeking out, and that you would repent, and you would find a congregation that's teaching the whole truth, um, the entire Bible. I know you got everybody, I had an email, you say that every week. Well, there's a reason I say that. Because some groups, they just talk about one or two topics. Uh, they, they continually teach the same thing over and over and over. And there's nothing wrong with some of those topics. Please do not misunderstand. But the entire Bible is very full of, of lifestyles that we're, we're to look at and how we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to worship, and, and so on, who God is, and how everything was created by Him. We all need to be entrusting our souls to a faithful God, to a faithful Creator, and we need to do what is right. I'm not going to tell you it's easy to be a Christian. It's not. It takes sand. It takes grit. This is not a child's game. It is serious business. And you need to be seeking Christ out if you're not a Christian. If you are, praise God and learn to learn deeper and more about a Christian lifestyle that is not taught um, in television, evangelism, and it's not really taught in many congregations. I know I got a little long-winded than normal, but I again, I appreciate you hanging out with me uh, to the end, and I would encourage you again to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, and to, to find out more about us, uh, to find out the different places that you can actually listen and download the podcast from. 
and we get hits from uh, Apple, Google, a lot of people listen to it right off the web page and so on. And so there's many, many different ways to listen to it. And we have a list there of the different places that you can listen to us so you can help maybe tell your friends and your family uh, how to listen to us. Maybe they already listen to other podcasts. Thank you again for listening. May God bless you and may He have the glory. Thank you.